Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati Rotten. I'm glad you could join us today for another episode to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus and go on an adventure with Him. Uh, the last few episodes have been a little bit more uh, about uh, building your prayer life, which is what uh, part of that journey is all about. We are a prayer ministry after all. And so if you haven't uh, listened to those, go back and listen to uh, some of the pr- pr- last couple here and you'll uh, grow in your relationship to God in prayer. And today we got another good one, uh, a deep dive discussion with someone who's been teaching about prayer for years, and I think you're going to enjoy that. But before we get to that, if you are new to the Christ Connection family, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to this, uh, or you can go to over to ChristConnection.cc and put your name and your email address, and we'll send you a weekly reminder of uh, when the new episodes are out, so you can uh, get in on that. Uh, if you've been around for a while, would you be willing to uh, rate and review this podcast? It helps us to spread the word and helps people uh, find out about what we're doing. So uh, that will uh, be helpful. Uh, but without further ado, my conversation with Elaine Helms. My guest today is Elaine Helms, an award-winning author and inspirational speaker. She is often called the prayer lady by people when speaking in local, national, international groups. Elaine speaks and writes out of the overflow of 30 years of experience in church and national and interdenominational prayer leadership. She has wisdom to share out of that resource of what God has taught her and her is teaching her about himself through prayer. Elaine is married to retired Army Colonel Joel Helms. And they have three married children and 10 grandchildren. However, their son and three of their 10 grandchildren are with Jesus in heaven. Her website is uh, churchprayerministries.org. Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be with you. It is. Uh, to set the context for the listener, we met a couple years ago at uh, National Prayer Committee meetings, and I remember that day when we all jumped in a van together and drove to, was it, was it a seafood restaurant, if I remember right? <laughs> Something <Probably>. like that. <laughs> and there was about eight of us around the table, and you and I were across from each other, and so... Uh, it's it's like old times for us, right? <laughs> Good to be back with you. <laughs> uh, I, re- I remember that night, uh, there was a lot of talk about travels and where we'd been around the world. So I thought that'd be a, we could just pick up the conversation from there. And uh, as you think about your travels, since you've done a lot of travels around the world and whatnot, uh, is there any story that comes to mind of a time, a place, that impacted you in prayer from your travels that you remember? Um, Well, I I think being um, asked when we were in Korea for the global evangelization um, world, it was Jukowi. So what does that stand for? Uh, Global (laughs) World Evangelization something. Anyway, it was a a conference that Billy Graham actually started back in, in the 90s, I think, or possibly 89 
to um, bring people from around the world together, Christians, to say, you know, we're about to have a new millennium. Isn't there something we could do together to share the gospel more broadly and more effectively if we work together? And so that was, uh, we were blessed to be invited to go in 1995. And I just, was an attendee with the women's track and, you know, just really enjoying myself. And Paul Cedar at the time was um, the American um, chair of that. And he just, he said, oh, Elaine, I see you in the audience. Would you come up here and just tell, you know, I mean, it was like, okay, thousands of people that I've never met. <laughs> and it was one of those times when I just said, Lord, this one's for you. <laughs> I don't know what what I need to say. And it was just such a sweet time of, of just being able to share, uh, point people to Jesus and how wonderful he is and how great it is to um, be his child and be able to talk to him and um, just to know that he hears us and he answers our prayers. He blesses us. I mean, it was just a, you know, kind of a, like we're doing off the cuff and a few more people may be listening. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, you know, anytime when when you're just suddenly asked to do something like that, it, it makes an impact that you are dependent on God. <laughs> yeah, you, you get used in ways in season and out of season there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We need to be ready at all times. So, you started off as a church ministry prayer coordinator. Is that, am I getting my research yeah. correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, how, how did you kind of get into that then at that point? Kicking and screaming, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I had been a, a successful real estate broker and um, I had a, God took me into a near life and death situation and I just, um, really realized that I was trying to control the way I lived my Christian life and it wasn't working too well. And so, you know, he just kind of had to put me on my back so I could notice that all I could see was looking up and, you know, you get a better view. And so he, you know, when he called me into prayer ministry, I'd like to say that, that I just quickly said, yes, I'd love to do that. But I questioned a lot, you know, are you sure that I should leave this lucrative position and, you know, work for the church? <laughs> you know, who's only going to be giving me a few peanuts, maybe some. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he finally convinced me that that's what I should do. And, and just from the very beginning showed me that uh, we had a 24 hour prayer room at the time that we, my husband and I had been integral parts of getting the ministry started, but I just never saw myself as the coordinator. And so that was um, a time where I, I thought, oh, I finally understand why he wanted me to do it. There's 168 hours a week and I'll be selling timeshare. And so, <laughs> so let's, you know, let's stir up a lot of excitement, a good marketing plan. We'll get get lots of excitement and participation. And so I, I did, I stirred up a lot of excitement and people did sign up, but they didn't show up. And so it was during one of those vacant hours that I was sitting there talking to the Lord. I, I 
thought this was a good marketing plan. And he said, wasn't anything wrong with the marketing plan. You were depending on the marketing plan though, and not on me. And so he convinced me to try it his way and pray for the hours. Lord, would you bring the person that you want to come that will be committed in season, out of season, rain days, snow days, holidays, you know, would you call that person? And, um, and amazingly with that full calendar, there was two o'clock on Tuesday that was vacant. Wow. And you know how good God is when you step out on a little bit of faith. I mean, within two weeks, Kevin, I kid you not, somebody literally knocked on my little office door and said, I, I don't want to bother you, but um, I've been praying about this and I just really wanted to check my calendar and make sure that if I committed, I could really do it. And there's only one hour that I know that I could be faithful. And I said, what hour is that? And she said, two o'clock on Tuesday. And so I just hugged her neck and I said, you are an answer to prayer. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this. And so she came in to hear my story and I heard her story. I mean, it was just kind of, and so she began to pray with me for the other hours that were vacant. And we began to see God bring people to serve. I mean, it was just an amazing way that God showed me. You just show up. I'll let you direct traffic, but the ministry's mine. <laughs> so that was a big learning curve. So, so when you uh, when you did that, was it 168 different people, or was it? It was supposed to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, that but was that, the goal. Because like, I, I, I was just curious sometimes when people do 24-7, they do sometimes do two-hour slots or yeah. different things like that. So I was just curious how that worked for you. Well, a, a few people actually took a few, you know, if they figured they're going to be up in the middle of the night, they might <laughs> stay for two hours, you know. And uh, one of my marketing plans um, when we did a marathon one time was to say, you know, it's a really good romantic evening. No one <laughs> You're right there. You and your spouse, God, <laughs> what better company could you be in? And, um, did that work? <laughs> no, actually for a one-time event, you know, we did like a one week, let's see if we can actually do it, cover all 168 hours. And yeah, we did, people did sign up. So. Uh, that's fun. Hey, the, the new dating strategy, uh, <laughs> sign up for prayer. <laughs> I like it. In your going back to your travels for a second, as you have traveled and seen prayer ministry from country to country, mm -hmm. uh, what have you noticed any differences as far as so? Most of this audience is going to be you know Western. Uh, what, what do you what do you see about prayer in other parts of the world? Well, one of the more recent um, places where I've uh, taught was in Romania. And um, there's quite a, um, a difference between um, the Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox and Evangelical. And so there's, you know, that um, introduction to prayer as freely between you and God is, is kind of a uh, interest. They're very interested in that and um, very open but sometimes a little um, hard to believe 
you know, kind of thing. Well, in fairness, sometimes it is. Isn't it hard to believe that God wants to spend time with I us? Know, <laughs> it's very true. Well, in Italy, it was the same way. We did a, a mission trip there where, you know, we had an evangelical speaker, and then we would be in the tent to talk to them and pray with them and um, through an interpreter quite often. And it was, that was the most amazing point that they could talk directly to Jesus. Uh, and, so, so you've been, you've been doing this for 30 years now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Seems like 15, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worse if you were doing it for 30 and it felt like 45, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. What have you kind of, for you personally, uh, what has God, you know, because I've been doing this for, I've been doing it for 15. And so uh, what has kind of God been teaching you on the, what in the last few years, say? Uh, is there anything in prayer that God's been kind of stretching your thought and stretching you recently? Well, I, something that he's really been teaching me maybe during the pandemic of, you know, where we can't, we couldn't anyway, have as many uh, in-person gatherings that we were used to having uh, really kind of brought me to realize that for many of us who are out there mobilizing people to pray, always in a group praying, always, you know, with other people, that personal devotion time can become a little um, difficult or non-existent. And so that's something that God has just really been teaching me how important that is. I mean, I grew up having a quiet time, so I mean, it's not like a foreign idea, but, you know, there's a difference between having a devotion and being devoted, and I think that's what I've, I've been sensing, that he's wanting more um, of his people to be devoted to him. Uh, personally, individually, to be willing to be still long enough to uh, really ask him and give him time to search our hearts. What is there that's keeping me from, is there something between us that needs to go away? And God is so gentle with us because he doesn't point out all of our sins at one time. I mean, we'd be so overwhelmed. <laughs> And, you know, no matter how closely we think we're walking with God, there's always something that we have just really, that, you know, it's blindsided us and we don't even realize it. Sometimes it's an attitude or a, uh, whatever that just needs to be. And it just takes time, that dailiness of going before the Father and just spending time listening to him, sitting at his feet like Mary instead of being so busy being a martyr. Hey, is that, uh, have you found that kind of as a tendency of uh, church people to be more Martha engaged than more Mary, that that's kind of, we're drawn towards what we can do? Yeah, yeah. I, I really do think that's a tendency and especially for leaders, for people who are in the spotlight, in the, uh, in the pulpit, in the uh, the front of the classroom, whatever the setting, 
when you're the one leading all the time and you allow your calendar to get too full, it's really easy to begin to function in the flesh. And God just can't use that. We need, we need to realize that we're dependent on him uh, hourly, <laughs> not just daily. <laughs> hey, having, having been involved in lots of different areas of prayer ministry over a period of time, mm-hmm. where do you see the kind of the prayer movement now? Where is, uh, wait, wait, what, compare, maybe compared or just kind of what do you see kind of on the uh, um, God's doing? I think God is, is bringing this same impression to a lot of people because I was so impressed with our National Day of Prayer uh, broadcast from that evening. And it's still available to be seen on the National Day of Prayer uh, website, uh, which I'd love to tell you. I think it's just nationaldayofprayer.org. Well, we can, we, we can put it in the show notes for people okay, to find uh, it. So. Sorry. Uh, but no. um, just to see the focus was more on our relationship with Jesus, more on the, uh, the people of God really being the people of God, consecrated, totally sold out to him um, to recognize that God is in control. He is, um, he's the one that creates calamity and well-being. He's the one who does it all. And uh, he's, he mentions that very clearly in Isaiah 45, I think it is, that, you know, he is God and there is no other. And so when we like to say anything bad that ever happens in our life, oh, that was the devil, maybe not. Uh, God may, <laughs> he knows how to bring judgment on his people when his people are stubborn and stiff-necked. And so, you know, for us to recognize that it's not a every four years, let's pray for the elections. It's let's pray for our king that we would submit to him and be a part of his um, kingdom and building his kingdom. And, you know, we're just passing through here. This is, this is not our home. Our home is with Jesus for eternity. And I get so excited when I think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, I'm in, I'm in Minnesota and I like to say heaven's heaven's better than Minnesota. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Especially in winter time. Now, uh, when we're recording this, in Atlanta with the humidity, it's definitely got to be better. <laughs> I suppose now, now is the time when you guys all come our direction to try to get out of the. Uh, <laughs> right. Now, in your in your book, uh, "Prayer Without Limits: Expanding Your Relationship with God," I uh, there's I, I'm not going to take a lot of time with the book. People can read the book, but I. Uh, there was one phrase you talk about. I just want to get practical here for a second. Um, okay. uh, you recommend uh, it's kind of a th- it may seem like a throwaway line, but pe- uh, if you if you are not using a journal, this may be a good time to start. And so, uh, I, this is just a recurring question I like to ask people that come on the show that because uh, I, I I am not a great journal person, uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I'm always trying to learn from people who actually do the, the discipline of journaling. Uh, like, either share what your journaling practice looks like, or if you just advice, if someone was wanting to improve on that, or just you know maybe start well, like me. <laughs> my idea of journaling is is to remember what God has said or what God has done. It's not so much to. 
uh, write out everything I did today. Uh, that's more like a diary, and that's not my idea of journaling at all. But I, I had the experience of reading in scripture, just reading into my daily reading, and something jumped out to me. I mean, it was a familiar passage. I had read it many times before, and yet I realized God was speaking to me. And I was so excited because I was younger at the time, and I was just like, this is real. This book is living. I mean, it was like God just spoke to me, and I was so excited. But I, in my excitement, I thought, I will never forget this. I did. I did not write it down. And that was one of my, I mean, to this day, I can still remember how excited I was. But I don't know what verse I was reading or what it was he said. And I just think that's criminal. I mean, you know, when the creator of the universe speaks to us, we need to remember that. Write it down. I'll write it on a tablet so that the one who reads it can run. And you might be the one that's going to read it again and keep running. So I, I just think it's important that we um, record what we see God doing. And by recording, we quite often notice what God is doing more often. I used to say, oh, that was so lucky that we got a whatever. No, God blessed us. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and we need to give him the glory. You need to give him the credit. And so that's what journaling is about for me. It's more, uh, it may be an entry here and an entry uh, in a week's time. I mean, I don't, some days, I mean, there are months where I just write every day. I've got something that, that I'm learning every day. And that's wonderful. But I don't beat myself up if I go for a week and I'm writing in something else rather than that journal. Uh, so I just, you know, I can't say that I can give you the blueprint for how to have an everyday journal and love it. <laughs> do, do you do you go back to those journals? Do you have any sort of uh, do you have like a pattern, or just kind of as you feel like you think, oh, I remember something, and then you kind of look it up, or how does that work for you? Well, just and every now and then I just pull out an old journal that um, one of my children gave me a journal, and you know, just said, when you're, you know, older, um, I pray that this will be a, a reminder of some of the ways you saw God working. And so I just, I, and it was beautiful, leather bound. I mean, you know, really nice journal. So I didn't want to mess it up. So I, I wrote in it more carefully than, than <laughs> other journals. So it definitely wasn't an everyday, you know, make a note. But every now and then I, I like to look back through that. And it's amazing because that's so many years ago that I can see how God has brought me a little deeper, a little closer. Uh, he's actually working and refining. The pruning process is not fun, but you know, it, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better like it doesn't hurt as much or it gets better? <laughs> I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, uh, I mean, over the years, uh, I mean, has it kind of that pruning process changed in your life or is it just kind of a continual, <laughs> hey, hey, give, a, give a 45 year old some hope here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, one, one day, for example, 
um, I, when I was a younger person, I had a heavier foot than I do now. I'm, I'm a little more cautious. I still love to, you know, give me an open road and with curves, especially, I just, I just love that. Um, but, you know, in traffic and with other people, I try to you know, control my lead foot. But one day I was uh, leaving for work and was running a little late and I get on this road next to the river that is a two lane road and with a, you know, double yellow, there's no passing on this road, but a car passed me. And because I was in a hurry, that car passed me and slowed down. And normally before that, I would have probably had a little chat with that person <laughs> from the seat of my car, not talking. I mean, they would never hear it, but you know, what are you doing? I need to be there. <laughs> you know, just really <laughs> letting them know I was having a problem with. And that particular day, this driver pulls in front and I immediately, because I slowed down, noticed that the daffodils were blooming. And I just exclaimed, Lord, those daffodils are so beautiful. And then I turned around and as I'm driving, I just started laughing. And I said, Lord, that wasn't me. You are working in my life because I wasn't even concerned about that driver. I was praising God for his creation and the beauty all around me that I would have missed as I sped by. And that was just one example that, you know, just really helped me see that he is working in our lives. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but he really does. <laughs> There's hope. That's uh, that verse, uh, shining ever brighter till the full light of day, uh, that we're kind of, the, the path of the righteous is, I don't I have to look up the reference, but uh, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the full light of day. That ho hopefully, as we walk closer to Jesus, that over over time, people can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I I did hear something from a when I was much younger and older, who's probably much younger than both of us, uh, but she said to me that um, the closer you get to God, the brighter the light, and so you've you're more compelled to notice sins that you would not have noticed before. And so I thought that was, you know, when I'm suddenly beating myself up about something, I remember, no, it just means I'm getting closer to the light and I want to be absolutely clean. So I, I love that. I love that. Um, now this, you can, you can definitely pass on this question. I, uh, but in your bio, you mentioned a son and three grandchildren in heaven. Um, and so now, again, if you don't feel comfortable, it just definitely passed. But uh, how, how has that impacted your prayer life? Well, it, it was, uh, I look back and I see the blessings that God brought during the time of our son who was in ministry with navigators and uh, just had been a campus minister for 16 years before he uh, was asked to go to the headquarters and direct all of the college campus ministry mission trips, you know, um, for around the world to be the director of that whole episode with college and military and young adults. And so um, we were very proud of him and had, he had, was one of those boys that just wanted you in the, in his life. I mean, he was late getting married. And, and so um, we've had the pleasure of having 
him close at hand a lot. And if he lived in another state, he brought college students to us. I mean, you know, we were always the mom, I've got 20 kids. Can you put us up for the night and feed us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <Sure>. <laughs> I'm glad you gave me a little notice before you showed up on the door. Uh, but I mean, you know, it was just that kind of, he was a vital part of our lives. And um, he had a, he was in Atlanta. He was living in Colorado Springs, but he was in Atlanta, had just come into town to speak that weekend to do a training. And uh, he um, had a uh, cardiac arrest and was in the hospital for a week. They were trying to um, see what they could do to you know, get his, but he had several seizures in his brain, but God gave us that week to um, just really, I'm not speaking fast enough and I apologize for that, but just to see that in the beginning, I was praying all the right ways. I mean, I had read the scripture. I knew which ones to believe, which ones to claim. I was praying and I had navigators and other church members and people that had watched Joel grow up. I mean, it was it was just like a lot of um, people around us in there praising God and praying for Joel's healing. And it was about, he went in the hospital on Thursday night and by the following Wednesday was when God started bringing to my attention all of the uh, relatives or friends that had lost a grown child. Um, my mother-in-law lost two sons in their 40s. And so for that to, you know, it was like, God, why are you telling, why are you bringing all these things to mind? And it was like, you're going to be in that place. And I just, tried to convince him, as I tend to do uh, sometimes, which I'm sorry I do, but I just thought he would get more glory if Joel continued to live, that um, that might be the, he would get more glory because it would seem like there's no way for him to be healed. But it was like, I'll worry about my glory. You just, you know, and so it, we saw people in the medical, uh, nurses uh, that had either fallen away from the Lord or never known him that came to know the Lord during that time. And that was one of the things that the most callous nurse, he was a man, um, you know, was like, I've seen Christians in here before and, you know, they just want to keep their loved one on a ventilator and, you know, and I said, well, I think when God gives us a difficult thing, he's going to, um, I want to say, not my will, but yours be done. Let my boy live. Let him be back to the way he was. But if that's not your will, I want your will, not my will be done. And that impacted him. And you know, who knows the the ways God used that, but just the blessings of having him in our hometown, in his hometown. Um, he even went to college at Georgia Tech downtown. I mean, you know, so it was 
all of the people that knew him, his his funeral was just a over the top um, packed house in our large church. And the reception went on for four and a half hours with people coming to speak to us. And uh, I could not believe it because when I just glanced up at the clock, it had started at noon. The reception had started at noon and it was 4.30 and there were still people in line. I, I mean, you know, his life did impact. And I think the shock of somebody who had just three months before they had finally had their live birth. Lily Grace was born dead, uh, stillborn, and the two previous were miscarriages. And it was just like, you have so blessed him to have this loving wife and finally a, a little boy. He was so proud of being a dad and having little Gabe. And uh, But I think that was the impact. And his life had been, he, he told me back when he was in high school that his life goal was to disciple, impact, invest in 30 men. And that sounded like a large goal to me. And his wife, Kelly, told me that he excelled at long before they went to Colorado. And I mean, he, he just poured his life in. And so those young men coming through, uh, one of them even told me, he said, this has lit a fire under me. I don't know how long I'll have, and I need to be out there more aggressively than I have been. And so many of them are, they're discipling others. I mean, you know, it's like, that's the goal that you become a disciple and then you go and disciple others. And so, you know, I, it's hard to turn him loose. And yet I know that he graduated, he excelled. He was one of those who graduated from tech early. He graduated to heaven early. And I miss that boy, but I was proud of him and he was a blessing. So he's, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure uh, someone's someone's going to be blessed by by hearing that story today. Uh, it, sh- shifting a little bit, we'll have a couple more questions before we wrap up here. Uh, okay. I, when you, when you teach on prayer, because you've been, you, you know, one of your other books is Prayer One Hundred and One. So you've uh, uh, you've gone through the 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 ringers of all the things that people think about when they think about prayer. Uh, any theme when you misunderstanding that a lot of people have about prayer, something that, uh, you know, you get a lot of questions about or something that, you know, kind of is a recurring theme that people are like, they just get it wrong. Yeah, anything come to mind? Well, the, the one thing I think that people uh, a lot of times say that they feel like God gave us good common sense. And if there's something really big that we should contact him, but otherwise we should just handle it. And I, I thought, you know, why did then does he say, you know, in all things, <laughs> through prayer and supplication, uh, bring your request to God, uh, everything. Uh, so I, I think he wants us to talk to him about everything. And then the realization that prayer originated with God. He's more interested in our praying than we are uh, in talking to him. And uh, I think that's the, when we realize that it, it's not about what we bring to it. He enables us to pray through the Holy Spirit. 
He's the one that initiated prayer. He blesses us to be a part of that conversation. And then he answers the prayers. So it's all about him, but we get the blessing to get to know him and to see him at work. I mean, to just realize that he's at work all around us all the time. And if we just kind of plug into to him, then we'll be like the, he's the vine and we're the branches and we can be producing fruit because we're connected to the, um, the real deal. It's <laughs> <laughs> the real deal. That's for sure. I, I love that. I, I, now I, I got to ask you this again, cause you've got the experience and I'll probably steal this whatever you say, but uh, if, since you've been, you've been uh, teaching, uh, if you were encouraging, say you're working with a pastor or a church and you only had a, you know, a couple minutes to, and they want to improve their prayer meeting. Uh, if you, if you had one or two, you know, short things that you could tell them, what, what, what would you tell them to help their prayer meeting go to the next level? Praise God first, begin with um, recognizing who you're going to be talking to and spend some time, uh, you know, in the word, not teaching the word, but using uh, a scripture to kick off the praise time, maybe one of the Psalms or something that just begin to set the tone for how great God is. Um, and, and just worshiping him, maybe naming names. I love to lead groups through praying, praising God through the alphabet. I mean, it just kind of helps us think, use our mind and uh, to help think of all the names and attributes that God has. And uh, he's a very multifaceted God and has many. Um, and, and today, maybe he's more my healer. Uh, maybe I've just experienced something scary and so he was my protector and you know so there are different times when those attributes kick in but that that would be um, praise God first and allow when we get when we do get to sharing prayer requests pray them don't talk about them and then pray you know it's kind of like sending God out of the room so that we can talk about what we're going to pray about and then bringing him back in so we can tell him what we want to pray. I mean, he hears us the whole time. So let's just pray to him and, and others can agree. And that's the beauty of conversational prayer is that you can um, ask questions. You can talk to each other while you're talking to God. Was that your aunt that's in the hospital? You know, maybe I didn't catch that, but you're praying for your aunt. And so we're all agreeing with you. And um, like in the case of praying for the pastor, I'm, I'm going to pray that you get a fresh word before you preach. Maybe somebody else heard you cough, and so they're going to pray for your health. Somebody else heard something from your daughter who wanted you to uh, be there for a special event she's doing, and so they're going to pray for your family. Uh, you know, So you're going to get prayed all around if we allow the Holy Spirit to prompt us and stay on one topic long enough. That. I like that. So much of 
the classic prayer meeting is just sitting around discussing whatever the prayer needs are rather than actually getting to the prayer and give yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, as we're, as we're wrapping up here, uh, uh, once again, people's uh, are the, can find you at churchprayerministries.org. Uh, any uh, final ask or any kind of final parting shot as far as uh when it comes to prayer or that you you always want to hit this point or whatever uh, that you'd like to end our time with today. Well, I, I think I like that about, I read that something that you had written about enjoying prayer. Um, do you have that on a, as a Instagram or what? Where did yep, I that's, a, that? that's my, uh, that is my, yeah, my handle for everything is enjoying prayer in my first. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that because that's so important that, we look forward to what God is going to show us today or what he's going to say. You know, we, we go in with anticipation to our prayer time with the Lord. Not, I've got to do my duty and check that box off. No, it's, it's the enjoying prayer, actually talking to him and relaxing in his presence. Well, thank you for the promotion. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, well, I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, I, and it, we'll have to, again, I hopefully at another National Prayer Committee get some more seafood. <laughs> yeah. that, that was a fun meeting and I, I was really glad. I mean, you remember that meeting? That was when we got to hear from a, a woman who had been a part of the Asbury um, revival. That's right. And I mean, that was pretty exciting. That was <laughs> well thank you well there you have it i hope you enjoyed that conversation if you're looking for the show notes you can find them at christconnection.cc and click on podcast again that's christconnection.cc and click on podcast while you're there why don't you put in your name and your email address and we will send you on a weekly basis uh, what's happening with the ministry and also the latest podcasts from our network we appreciate you taking the time today if that's been a blessing to you why don't you share this with a friend and don't forget to subscribe rate review all that stuff Uh, We appreciate it. So until next time, I thank you for listening and God bless you.